Sam, what's your assessment of that today? Shocked, to be perfectly honest with you. I think that, um, you know, our level of performance wasn't where I expected it to be. And I think that, um, you know, from that point of view, it's a really disappointing when we've built the expectation up to um, be playing so well here at home this season and uh, getting some fantastic results. And today, just about the basics, really, the, 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 the no how to break a team down like Palace we've we've worked on but if we don't play to our best and we're not all on song at, at this level of performance then you know we we struggled and when we make it, the lads aware of the most important thing today was Crystal Palace's set plays because the the 50% uh, of their goals have come from that area we have lost the game on two corners and a free kick, and that was really, um, you know, I can accept losing the game, but when we've really done all our work on how to stop them and how to make sure it's difficult for them, it's far, far too easy um, on, on how they scored and how they won the game. Uh, they were better than us as well, I think, in general play for most of the game, but you stay in the in the throes of a game when it's not going your way and make sure you don't concede goals like that, and for us it was much, much too far a, a mountain to climb once uh, Murray got sent off. Hello and welcome to the Knees of Mother Brown West Ham podcast. Oh, remember those podcasts we did earlier this season that were really happy, joyful, when things were going well, we were, you know, gunning it for Champions League football. Well, those days are gone. <laughs> In the studio to help me uh, discuss uh, where things are going so wrong. Firstly, James Longman. Hi. Usually positive. I, no, I'm just keeping it positive. Okay. Ish. Well, we've also well, good news. We've got a debut here in the studio. Nat Coombs, TV and radio host. Hi. Professionalism in the studio. I don't go that far. I was trying to work out whether I've been more depressed. How? Well, I was so depressed this weekend after our result, and then I couldn't work out if there was a game I cared about l less <laughs> than Chelsea Tottenham in the League Cup final. <laughs> Has there been a game in history that you give less of a toss about who wins? No. I was hoping they'd destroy each other over 120 they minutes. Both yes, lose. that's a good point. Yeah. And then both lose. Both like lose, if only that was Ultimate possible. fighting. By the end of it, they're all just dead. That's sort of the best I can hope for. Introduce wild animals at some stage of the second half. Yeah. <laughs> and let them get on with it. I had a bit of dreamy finish the match. But, uh, yeah, sadly, Chelsea League Cup champions. Yeah. Uh, you know champions what? Champions of England. A couple of pals were yesterday, and I was like, I th they were there, and I was outside my flat, and I thought, oh, wouldn't it have been lovely if we were at Wembley? Today. <laughs> I mean, how nice it was being at Wembley. What a, what a day. <laughs> 
<laughs> it might have been. Who did we even go out to? I can't remember. Sheffield United. Oh, of course we did on penalties. By the top, yeah. It was like a lifetime yeah. ago. Things were going well at the time. We still managed to lose to Sheffield United. How excited was Mourinho as well, you know, at the end of it all? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm the youngest of four. My brother yeah. um, is the eldest. my half-brother. He's half-Italian, a big Inter fan. Yeah. So we were discussing, does anyone care about the League Cup in Syria? A? And yeah. uh, he's always fascinated about West Ham. I mean, Inter are rubbish these days, but obviously have a, have a rich tradition in success. And he said, would you actually want to win this competition? I said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I'm surprised that Chelsea, I mean, Wembley's Wembley and, and you know, silverware's silverware, but yeah. I'm surprised about how excited they were, you know, particularly Mourinho. Yeah. I know. Well, I saw on Twitter someone suggested that Mourinho's celebrations felt a bit forced. Like, mm. like it, I mean, it was the League Cup and he's won the Champions League. How yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. They're all chanting. Seeing a Chelsea player celebrate is hard enough in itself, but they're all chanting Championes. Yeah. <laughs> it was sickening. Yeah. To the league yeah. It was sickening. A part of me died inside. <laughs> when I, I mean, come that. on. I like to think had we won... Had we won the League Cup, we'd be all singing champions. No, I'd like to think we'd just sh- shook hands and walked off. <laughs> yes. Got ready for the next match. Good game, JT. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have celebrated Maybe two playoff wins. Maybe one high five. Tom Cole won high <laughs> yeah, five. exactly. Those playoff wins, I celebrated that like we'd won the Champions League. Yeah, yeah but we Because we don't win anything. If you win <laughs> stuff a lot, you don't chant championes. <laughs> you know what it is about the, the playoff win as well? It's, it's the trophy you get. That's what's easy to fall into that trap. That trophy for winning the playoff yeah. game <laughs> is easy to mistake for the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. To be honest. <laughs> uh, that's a fair point right let's do some feedback based on last week's episode we had a, a lovely bit of feedback from Big George in the forum who said that um, little Dave Sullivan or Dave Sullivan Jr uh, in other news he thought he thought Dave was terrific probably did more positive PR for the club in that hour than all the millions spent on consultants over the last few years James little Dave did very well didn't yeah, he yeah top job actually uh, Darren said great news the future of our club right there that's pretty nice uh, he also said Get Jack Sullivan on soon. Ooh. Well, negotiations are underway. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the, the the current owners? Now, are you big fans? Oh, big fans is maybe going a bit far. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I'm, I'm 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 quite happy. Really, I'm quite content. Mm. We, you know, like many of, of everyone listening now, we've seen some highs and lows over the years mm. in that respect. And so there is a stability to some degree about the club. Mm. Um, I can't say I've got, you know, fundamental issues with them but something doesn't quite sit right either which I can't put my finger on but mm. uh, the, you know I guess quite a lot like Allardyce really I'm not in the Allard- anti-Allardyce camp but mm. equally he's not the greatest manager I've ever you know seen at West Ham so yeah. uh, firmly on the fence yeah. I think okay what else have you got James you're excited about one bit of feedback <laughs> earlier, no I, I just gone through. I've just realised why I should just favourite tweets during the week rather than that, sit, sit here why. and scroll through them <laughs> uh, Daniel Cooper says excellent podcast really enjoyed a bit of insight on in what goes on behind the scenes that's really good it's just interesting to know how it all happens Robert Jesse great podcast keeps me going on the underground um, I like that read out all the positive stuff at the time. <laughs> yeah. I love that I, I only got I, only, I don't get I said, I've asked for trolls before <laughs> don't I, don't do that. I got one and... troll by yeah. a guy who said um, potty mouth podcast are you proud of yourself I woke yeah. up to that the other day I thought what, we didn't even swear last week did we proud of I'm quite proud of myself thanks <laughs> um, I, I took that well uh, Mr London said lads your voiceover performances would make mahogany proud don't give up a day job thanks very much <laughs> Was that it? Was that the one? Yeah, that's it. Okay, good. That's pretty much a uh, troll. I've had a few Tottenham fans as well. Oh rather yeah. than that. We'll get a few more I ignore after, those. <laughs> well, the first few minutes. Big news for our listeners, and I'm sure this is something that everyone is going to look for. Well, is going to be happy to hear. We have a sighting of Christian Daly. Oh, yeah. If you have seen Christian Daly. Hey. Oh, I saw Christian Daly, so I did. 
where no less than the Dundee United Hall of Fame where he was getting inducted on the 7th of February. The Dundee United <laughs> Hall of Fame. And there is a picture proof Christian Daly next to a, a rather large gentleman. Oh, in what looks that guy's like enjoyed the good life. The conference room of a Marriott hotel. Next to the fire exit. He's ready <laughs> to go. So you exit. can't yeah. pin Christian Daly down. He's always <laughs> ready to go. When he feels the heat around the corner, he can be gone in 30 seconds. He's always spotted on the road. He's like Bauer. <laughs> actually, it looks like this, but like... It looks like this, the Dundee United Hall of Fame was actually in Spain. I'm just trying to understand this from the tweet, but facts: Christian Daly inducted in the Dundee United Hall of Fame. Undeserved, well deserved. Well, how do we get him <laughs> on the knees of Mother Brown Hall of Fame, even though he hasn't turned up on it? And we've essentially been leading a manhunt now for several months. I he, think Daly's in. He's obviously in Spain permanently, and he's the condition of joining the <laughs> Hall of Fame was: you come to me, Dund- <laughs> Dundee United. You come to me if you want me to join. He turns up where you least expect him. I've hunted him back. It was the Invercass Hotel on the seventh of February. Christian Daly was there getting inducted in their Hall of Fame. If you have seen Christian Daly, <laughs> podcast at KUMB.com, we are still trying to track him down. We're Do you remember, him. you mentioned Inter earlier, do you remember when Daly was playing for us and already at the height of his cult status, mm. there were, was more than one newspaper Rumors, rumour yeah. that Inter wanted to buy him. Yeah, I remember, remember actually. Inter sport. Sorry. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I can't imagine many other, many other outlets would have, would have wanted him. Mate, Weekend won't hear a bad word. <laughs> yeah, exactly, quite. Yeah. Yeah, if you see Christian Daly, just tell him. Just tell him we need him. We need him. We've been going on for several months now. We got close at one stage, didn't we? Yeah, I've got his number. Bianca Westwood gave me his number, but no response. You'll have to ring him. You'll have to cold call him. Yeah, I should do. We did that with Redknapp. (laughs) (laughs) That worked. Um, Who would you have in your West Ham cult hall of fame? Obviously, Daly would be in there. Who else would you have? There's a lot in the West Ham City hall of fame. (laughs) 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 I think you look, you're looking at players who weren't necessarily good. I mean, Carton Cole, isn't he? Yeah. Not necessarily Stevie good, Pops. but well loved. Would you have like, would you have Lazaridis in there? Is he oh. enough yeah, to be I used in there? to love Lazaridis. Yeah, I did as well. Andy Impey. Paolo Futra. Paolo Futra. I was just thinking Futra. <laughs> Alan McKnight would be have to be have to be keeper. Yeah, he'd cut the ribbon at the opening <laughs> yeah. and, and drop it. He messed that up. And drop the scissors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that idea. Um, I was just thinking of like a cult Hall of Fame at the new stadium, just for players who are a bit rubbish. That's a good idea. Cult Hall of Fame, new the, feature on the KUMB podcast. Has you know the, uh, the New York Yankees in? Because I, I cover American sports quite a lot, mm. and the Yankees uh, celebrate like a lot of American sports teams. They're heroes, and the Yankees in particular go very big on this and you know retire numbers like a lot of teams yeah. do. But at the new stadium which they built, the new Yankee Stadium, which is right next to the old Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, an exact replica pretty much, but just with... You know, uh, 2012, 2013 added extras. Yeah. So it's basically a giant shopping mall, you know, and then then yeah. the, the actual uh, field. But they have all these great homages to all the great Yankee players mm. of the past. We should do that at the Olympic Stadium, but <laughs> with the cult here, with Repka. <laughs> Repka should do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know. yeah. Repka getting that red card for two yellow, for bookable, <laughs> for descent, for <laughs> double descent. That could descent. be one of the statues <laughs> outside the ground. <laughs> great. Just the card going well, up. <laughs> One statue of Repka getting sent off on the left and another Genius. another one on the right of him getting sent off. <laughs> Love it. That's actually another good feature. Infamous moments from West Ham's history to yeah. be immortalised in statues at the new stadium. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Marco Buga's debut De- <laughs> in a statue. Who got Just... sent off in the semi-final against... Was it Colin Foster? Yeah. Was it was it Colin? Was Tony, Tony, Tony Gale? Gale? Tony, Tony Gale, Gale. Yeah. yeah. Keith Hackett yeah. sent it off Tony Gale. Yes. That'd be another <laughs> that great statue. Be, yeah. <laughs> 
All around the stadium. <laughs> all around the stadium. <laughs> Moments of disappointment immortalised for all history. So the future generations <laughs> could come down. Well, it's Gerard hitting the last minute yeah, goal yeah. in the 2006 yeah. <laughs> Oh, and brilliant. then Marlon missing it an extra time when he could yeah that oh, yeah. Oh. we know a cramp yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, thought I could have run on the pitch and scored that yeah you know, before yeah. anyone reacted to it that's the moment we want Harewood missing that sitter or Anton Ferdinand <laughs> stepping up to take a penalty that's the moment oh. you want Sam from Quantum Leap to <laughs> into oh, his body <laughs> Quantum Leap the West Ham version that'd be yeah. quite good I'd watch that <laughs> yeah, I'd watch that I'd be into that <laughs> yeah. this is another good feature <laughs> go. Quantum We're Leap flying. you can go back and change one moment yeah, there's so much. What would you, you put, get what would you put right that once went wrong? <laughs> yeah, what oh, would you put right? That's a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think it would have to be that cup final. I think it would have really? to. Be that's the Marlon one in. Yeah, I think you know the first, the first. Just we're going to talk about Palace in a minute, but the first playoff final, I could have done without that heartache in my life. Yeah, like that, that, that really hurt. The, the 2004 playoff oh, final. Oh god, lost yeah. Palace. What a terrible game that was. I would jump into Eggert Magnuson. I'd, I'd jump into him <laughs> for a couple of weeks, just have a bit of a laugh. <laughs> and then just when he's about to sign Lundberg, he's just handed yeah. over a pen. <laughs> oh boy. I'd go, I'd go about, about to hand him a pen and I'd go, ah, not really. <laughs> and then spam him. You've been punked, murked. Murked and I'd jump out. But you would still sign Kieran Dyer? <laughs> yes. Good value. Just, yeah. just to maintain the, the illusion. For the lols. <laughs> Don't let people suss it. I'm Sam Beckett. I'm James Longman as Sam Beckett <laughs> in Edgar Magnuson. Don't people know that? Oh, right. God. Let's right. go to mis- the misery. Should we try and get us something more miserable? Yeah. Yeah. We don't have much to talk about. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, we're, we're doing well <laughs> to fill. Nonsense, <laughs> we're doing well yeah. to fill. We've packed a lot of laughs there in. We've we got go. very little. <laughs> Should we just not talk about the game for the first time ever yeah. in podcast history? <laughs> Not bother actually addressing anything. Ugh. All right, come on then. Crystal Palace on uh, Saturday lunchtime. Oh. Kick off, Nat. Uh, final score was 3 1. Your thoughts? <sighs> you know, I was listening to a phone in um, over the weekend, and somebody uh, was phoning in as a Stoke fan and was saying, Oh, you know, I'm quite optimistic now about this season. I think, you know, we could really push on. He said, I think it's between us, Swansea, and West Ham. For those places just below, that's exactly how he phrased it. I thought yep. that is that is where we're at right now, <laughs> battling against Stoke and Swansea for tenth. It's <laughs> basically what our season's become, and uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not no. surprised. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of strangely feels right, you know. It, it, in you know we're used to that, and it strangely feels mm-hmm. right. But it was, I mean, the first half in particular was was uh, just so abject and. And that's, I think, one thing about this season's West Ham, anyway, by and large, with obvious, you know, notable exceptions in certain games, that we've had a bit of fight and a bit of organisation about us that has been, you know, historically lacking a lot of the time. I, I, don't, I mean, one thing I, I felt tactically was quite naive, and like I said earlier, I'm not a, an anti-Allardyce man by any stretch. I, I'm genuinely quite ambivalent about him. But I just felt that tactically we were really naive in the game, and in the sense that it feels as though we're playing as though Andy Carroll's still playing, even when, you know, even when he's not. And it doesn't, mm. it doesn't seem like Allardyce knows what else to do at the moment. Um, I mean, in the end, we could have got back into it. They should have been down to nine men. I think that's fair to say. And we might have got away with something. But, you know, it was, it was uh, one of the worst performances the first half, I think, of the season so far. Mm. I mean, in fact, in actual fact, we were saying it was one of the worst home performances for several years in the league. Well, I probably I wouldn't go as far as say several years. We've uh, seen uh, some shockers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be. Uh, Sheffield United in the League Cup. Oh. 
Uh, no, interestingly, actually, it's, we made that point about playing for Andy Carroll. Mm. Like the, every cross we put in cleared everyone. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. every cross went out for a goal kick, essentially. It cleared Saka and Valencia. Yeah. Valencia can jump. Yeah. We've seen that. Mm. Saka can jump. Like everyone, it cleared. It's like they'd skewed their legs to shoot the wrong mm. way. It's like it was. I don't it was think just that so was. Abject. I don't think that was altogether poor technique as well. I think that's what they were being told. You know, like, get it in there, get it in there. And yeah. it just, I mean. It is. Um, it's interesting as well. You look at Palace's away form under Pardew. You know they're unbeaten away under Pardew. Mm. We always 100% do set record, isn't it? Yeah, every game. I'm, yeah. I'm be- and not that good at home. But yeah. we always do that as well against former notable hammers. Yeah. You know, Lampard always scores against us. Mm. You know, yeah. and it's so you, we could have predicted that Pardew was, was going to get the win. But it is disappointing. And also, you look at the form of. Alex Song, I mean, I don't know if you guys have talked about that that much in recent weeks, but he just seems like a very different player to, you know, the first third, first half of the season. Downing as well. I mean, players that were playing particularly well in the first half of the season aren't anymore. And is that down to the fact that they were overperforming, you know, for whatever reason? Or is it down to something else? I can't work that out at the moment. Mm. I feel that we just don't... I mean, when we do play football, we scored, you know, a cracking goal. But it just feels like... Mm we don't get up for the teams below us. Mm. That's what yeah. it's been. Like, it, it's funny because um, Dan, who we sit with, is saying oh, our form is relegation form mm. since Christmas. And I, I guess it is, but I don't feel disheartened by that because we played really, really well mm. against some of the top teams. Mm. I mean, Man U, we should have won. Spurs, we should have won. Arsenal, we definitely should have got yeah. a draw. Chelsea's the only bad performance against the top teams. Yeah. Mm. But then we suddenly play West Brom at home in West Brom away. And... Um, Palace on Saturday and we don't seem to be up for it and mm. I don't understand that I mean Swansea away we played pretty well we should have got three points there so if it, there's a lot of matches where we should have won and we should be easily nine points better off mm. so that's a disappointment for me the fact that you know we give a real fight against the top teams and it shows our real potential and then we play the bottom teams we don't even turn up Yeah. I mean mm. Saturday was just so disheartening mm. it was just so disheartening I think the thing, just to go back on that point slightly, is that uh, and Sam Allardyce in his press conference said, although we've only got one win in eight, I think it is, we've actually thrown away a lot of points from winning positions. Yeah, like yeah. one nil up against United and Drew, two nil up against uh, Tottenham, one nil up against Swansea. We're very close for this whole run being actually quite a good run. Yeah, it's fine margins, isn't it? But, but the performance on Saturday was just absent. Mm. But the funny thing is, it's, uh, it's uh, Alla- the Allardyce team we know doesn't score many mm. and doesn't play great football but that's changed this season we've been playing excellent attacking football yeah. and scoring we've got a plus goal difference yeah. that's insane the Allardyce team we used to know never conceded and would take a lead and yeah. never lose and that's suddenly right. that's changed it's like everything's changed what's happening mm. I think you know I, I, I think a lot of that although he's got a, a, there isn't a manager in football really with a, necessarily a tougher hide than Allardyce right mm. but I do think that the criticism has got to him a bit you know, and and I think if you look back at the teams he, he used to have, it was always a little bit misleading at Bolton, and that's well documented. Yeah, he had a Kocher and he had, you know, Jorkaev and various other players. Uh, you know, he they were more creative than perhaps he was given credit for. But I think um, I, I genuinely think he made a deliberate point to mould a team that was more exciting and attacking than any team he's ever really presided over before. As a as an almost direct result of the criticism he's got. Mm. On the one hand, I think you can just walk through anything. Uh, and not care at the same time I think it has affected him this season uh, it's interesting a lot of people suggesting that we should have spent in January because I just think that's mad uh, January is you know the transfer window in January is the what it's like the wild west yeah. I mean 
uh, although Nene does look promising. Like he could be automatically a West Ham cult hero in the making. <laughs> Nene. Um, I mean, he could go either way, couldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> He could easily go either way. He looked lightweight. I thought he looked all right. And then, was it yourself who had a completely different opinion? You were like, oh, he looked, didn't look he that good. He got brushed off a ball about five times like very easily. Well, but then he had a good run. shot. I mean, he's a, essentially he's going to be a luxury player, isn't he? Do you remember Dimichaeli? Yeah. He was God. one of those players, the first couple of times I saw him, I thought, bloody hell, he's going to be brilliant. Yeah. And then was just utter yeah. shit. And, um, I think the, the, the complaint about the transfer window is that mm. we let... Because we've got such a thin squad, mm. and we know how we know it's last orders, isn't it? At the transfer window, you know it's the lights are come up in the club, and you're, <laughs> there's only the rough girls left. <laughs> you're having a crack on them. You're, you're hoping it turns out all right. <laughs> we know that's what the, the transfer deadline is, but it's like we let uh, Vaste go, Morrison go, Zarate yeah. go, and we didn't replace with anyone. And I know point. we tried to, but mm. I think the reason some of these games we haven't. Uh, going on to get three points is because our squad depth is still such that with 10 minutes left we can't bring on people who are going to close the game now mm, we bring yeah. on Jarvis and Carton Cole yeah you know I mean? and maybe mm. you're right about the criticism against Allardyce because I think Nolan should have come on against Spurs no doubt in my mind he should have come out and we mm. would have won that yeah. yeah but we don't have a depth where we think we can close out a game I think that is a really key point, actually, in, in terms of our ambition, because we're all getting a bit carried away this season. I, yeah. I definitely was, you know, and, and and it does come down to depth of squad, and it isn't rocket science. You know, any team that finishes in the top four, with a couple of exceptions to that rule, Everton a few years ago, have the, the strongest depth in squad, if not the you know, necessarily clear cut strongest first eleven. And so that is a fair point that you know I hadn't really thought about. I suppose you often think of the transfer window as a marquee signing, you know, or somebody that, well, actually, you can, you can bolster quite well with backup players or with squad players. That, that, that is probably, to some degree, what we are lacking. Mm. Uh, it, it's an, it, also, I think a lot of it's down to Allardyce being a bit of a dead man walking. I think that mm. must have a fundamental <clears throat> effect on the dressing room, you know, because players, by and large, if they want to stay at West Ham, are pretty certain that he won't be there next season. Mm. And, or at least they think they have a kind of th- a strong possibility. Allardyce, presumably, you know, is particularly thrilled about the situation right now. Mm. Inevitably, that's going to have an effect, isn't it? Mm. What are your thoughts, James? I don't know. I mean, after chatting, after having Dave Sullivan Jr. on last week, mm. it made me more optimistic that he would stay. Interesting use of the word optimistic. <laughs> no, because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm a fan. You know I am. Yeah. I think of, of a, yeah, I think he's yeah. a great manager for us. I think he's been yeah. brilliant, and I would definitely give him another season. Mm. I don't I, know I why he's totally. free Olympic yeah. Stadium. Like who, who? I mean, yeah, again, you know, apologies if you've talked about it on the pod before, but who, who is there realistically? Yeah. On the, you know, you've got uh, extremes of you know, on the one hand, the most extreme, De Canio. You know, yeah. <laughs> which would be a literally extreme, extreme right. Bilic, you know, sort of getting slightly, you know, moving, and then across, you know, Loudrop's been named, and mm. you know, kind of fairly sensible suggestions all the way through to really dull but safe, you know, mm. options. Um, and you look at all of them, and you think, well, actually, Allardyce probably is you're right, James, for at least one more year. Yeah, he's yeah. the smart bet, really. Yeah, yeah. he built this. I give him a two-year deal. Yeah. I think. I mean, there was. Um, there's a documentary coming out about QPR and there was the old one about the four year plan where the, you know, and they just, in this documentary, it's amazing insight into how a football club runs, but they run through managers so quickly mm. and the, the, you see the fans get on their back and I think it made me realise that football football management is one thing, but you're, you're dealing with the players, you know, and West Ham are limited in terms of budget and in terms of bang for your buck, Sam Allardyce has got to be up there, isn't he? Like, and it don't, like, he is 
he is the man to take us forward, I think, at the moment. There, there's not many options we can turn to. But he's got. He's also got to prove it Yeah. over the next few matches. Yeah, he's that's really right. got to prove it yeah. because it's like, if it's abject every week like it was on Saturday and he can't motivate their players and they mm. are majority of them his players, mm. yeah. then there's going to be a problem. Yeah. And then even the biggest Sam fans won't be able to stick by him mm. because it has been. We've been a punch above our weight. And we've seen some brilliant days at the bowling this season. Like mm. Some brilliant, brilliant matches. And I've loved it. And I, I reckon at Chelsea we might you know, yeah. give him a good go. And it might be yeah. brilliant. But I think <laughs> like he's got to prove it for the rest yeah. of the season. Because would you be, can't have Palace over and over again. Yeah. That would be a really good game to galvanise us for the rest of the season. Is, is Chelsea on Wednesday night. If, if yeah. we take care of that, and at least, at least we put in a performance... That I think that could turn things around again, yeah. you know. But equally, if we get hammered, then yeah. then it could be a it long run. <laughs> He's in trouble. But you know, as fans, you you look at that last result, don't you? Yeah. It's funny you're saying that. Like, we always turn it on for the big teams. Mm. This has been a West Ham thing for as long as I can remember. We'll get we'll get beat by your your Stokes and your Crystal Palace and your Fulham, but then Man United will turn up. And we'll give them one hell of a game. Yeah. I can like we've had. He's had. It's been a very difficult run. I think in mm. terms of the, and not winning must have knocked the confidence of a team because they've deserved to win a lot of these games. They've really deserved it. But I, it's like you come out of the back of a Man U brilliant match, Spurs brilliant match, Southampton proper battle. Mm. You know, the West Brom Africa Cup was dreadful. Yeah. And then you got Palace, which is <laughs> same again. And it was mm. against a poor, that's what's disappointing, against a poor Palace team. I it wasn't like they turned up and, you know, would smash it around. They were just as abject as yeah. us until our all for and goal from Cresswell. Yeah. I, the, the West Brom game, I think, is instrumental as well because I think we were genuinely decent contenders for the Cup and in the big, some of the big teams have been knocked out. And again, I think a lot of us thought, certainly friends of, you know, friends of mine thought that this could be our year to, to win the Cup. Yeah. And the way that we lost that game, you know. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I, that, and again, inevitably is going to affect the, the morale in, in the dressing room. It's hard for a manager to get the players back after, you know, after a defeat like that. But you're right. I think the next five, six games will probably determine whether he's our manager next season yeah. what's going on with our defence well all over the place conceding at set pieces which is not a Sam Allardyce thing and he said in his press conference that the team have been focusing on all week on uh, set pieces from Palace because that is their strength and yet on the day mm. conceded three it's just not it's not considering I, I think I feel like we talk about having a good defence and then I'm starting to think are we just Starting to believe what we said because we don't, do we? We concede in quite like easily. Dave Sullivan said last week we don't have many clean sheets. Yeah, we and we used any. to. Yeah, the last like they all individually seem to be good players. I like Jenkinson a lot. Cresswell I think is brilliant. Yeah, you know Tompkins. Tompkins. Allardyce was talking about him for England before the uh, Palace match. I like. And I like Reed, who everyone's like, yeah. why, why are we letting him go? Yeah. Well, he's. I. Th- you know, he's losing it week by week. Yeah. Whether he's not mm. bothered or. I you think know, there has to be an element of that out. with him. Uh, Reed's an interesting one because he wasn't. He looked really off when we first signed him, and then he was obviously terrific. And he has been for a lot of this season as well. Tompkins is a player I really want to like, you yeah. know, and and there's aspects of his game I really do like. But I, I've always found him a bit of a liability. I don't feel entirely confident with him mm. in uh, in defence. In the same way, someone like James Collins, who I don't think is as good at a natural footballer, yeah. somehow gives me a bit more. A bit more surety, yeah. you know. I, I, I think a lot of it is to do with what happens just in front of them and how well uh, the midfielders are playing just in mm. front of them. And I think it, I was about to say when Song is on Song, but throw me out. When Song is on on form, 
Um, I think that you know, I think that affects the, the yeah. defense a lot. And I think when he's not, I think it's not a coincidence yeah. that mm. they've looked a bit shakier. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess uh, protection. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot when you watch the goals back from Saturday. You'll see a lot of ball watching. I mean, the first goal, Glenn Murray, he wound up Winston Reid. So not the first goal. That's a Cresswell dreadful anchor. Yeah. But just around that time, just before then, he had wound up Winston Reid, and he got into their heads. And yeah. he's this mm. big old donkey running around the pitch, <laughs> lunging in, who should have been off. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And then he just winds and ends up scoring too. Mm. I mean, how do we let him get the better of us? That's what I yeah. understand. Mm. Understand if you've got some top class players. You know, running rings around us, but it's Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray, yeah, yeah. You know, last week we meant to, <laughs> last week we've kept out England's great hope, Harry Kane. Before then, it's got Rooney and you know Van Persie. All of these yeah. players we're keeping out. Yeah, and we these donkey get, <laughs> get into our heads. Mate, Neil Shipley, two thousand and four playoff final. We're good at making crap players look good. Yeah, that's um, true. We should also mention Yedinak, who's been charged today with that elbow. Now. Yeah, good. Good. On, uh, yeah. I mean, that was yeah. horrendous. Yeah. But um, as WHU stuff, I think it is on Twitter, pointed out, he'd had a few incidents in that game where mm. he just seemed to be going crazy. I think it, it reinforces the need for technology, you know, and I'm a, a big supporter of that. Like I say, I cover American sports and the NFL in particular. And every time, if you look at any sport, every time they've suggested the introduction of technology, the overwhelming initial response is, oh, no, it's terrible. It ruined the game. You know, whether it's cricket, rugby, the NFL, uh, and it hasn't. In fact, you know, it's improved the game in, in most in most cases and certainly yep. the basic introduction of it. Mm-hmm. It just drives me mad why there isn't the mm-hmm. technology in football. It's insane. And mm-hmm. stuff like that will be taken care of, not retrospectively, which is a sort of justice, but, mm-hmm. you, know, at the right, you know, at the right time. And there are lots of ways that can be done. You know, people say, oh, well, it'll break up the flow of the game. In the NFL... Uh, the coaches have a couple of challenges per half. Mm. So you can't appeal everything, but if you want to play the card at the right time, you can. You can't challenge every type of decision, but mm. there are a number of things you can challenge. So, for example, uh, you know, penalty decisions, if you really feel that you would, you know, there was a penalty mm. and the ref didn't give it, you can challenge it. Um, uh, but you get two, as I say, two per half, so it's limited. Uh, similarly, a situation like that, I think if everybody felt and the players sort of said to the bench, look, he's, you know, something's gone on here and the ref's missed it, you can challenge that and, you know, it will be reviewed and the ref can, you know, mm. act accordingly by looking at the at the technology. And if it isn't clear cut, then fair yeah. enough, you know, you just yeah, let yeah. it ride. But yeah. if it is, then, you know, it should have been dealt with at the time. Yeah. I mean, that's such a good idea. And I think it, James as well would probably clear up a lot of the kind of comments of, of managers criticising referees if they've got the opportunity in the game. Yeah. I think Pardew's disgraceful sticking up for it. Mm. I think it's disgraceful. Well, did for he it. say in his press conference that he hadn't seen it though? Did he? Did no, he he's, no, he pretty much said that he shouldn't. It's a media storm, and he's blaming the media. Mm. If you watch that back, I've watched it, yeah. and it is horrible to watch. Yeah. Just before that, he goes in on Kiata, I think, yeah. and I think from that, it's it's a wide angle on on match today, so you kind of think you can't really see what happens there. But he's gone up high. He's gone in higher with his arms, and then he's gunning for yeah, someone yeah. and it's a, mm. in a, if that happened in the street yeah. you'd go to prison yeah. you know yeah, it, it was a horrible horrible malicious challenge yeah. there's no doubt about it it's disgusting to see mm. I wouldn't want a West Ham player to do it and I, wouldn't, I don't like seeing anyone do it I think yeah. it's, it's shameful that Pardew stuck up for it mm. and I think that player sh- uh, he should get charged four match ban for me isn't enough because I think that's disgusting yeah uh, before we move on we should talk about the Dylan Tambidi's minute silence yeah. during the game very touching um, but although we did say it was a it was a 
during a Crystal Palace attack, which was a, a wave very, of attacks. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a minute applause, but very nervous kind of minutes yeah. applause. It was like applause. We're like doing this. We're going. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so we cleared it. There was no like. Literally, we were pooing our pants whilst clapping. Please don't so, score. Please don't score. Yeah, it's a wonderful, lovely minute. But so typically West Ham, that while it is happening, instead of our team getting getting on the ball and attacking, mm-hmm. Crystal Palace thought, "Yeah, come on, game on!" And wave after wave of attacks while everyone yeah. kind of clapped and stopped, clapped and stopped. Whoa! But um, nice. I'm glad it happened. And well there's done. a great piece, by the way. Um, by Daniel Taylor uh, in The Guardian or The Observer, I can't remember which it ran in, but obviously it's online, mm. uh, about Dylan, and which is a, a tragic story, but he finds some element of inspiration in it, and he was, by all accounts, a remarkably inspirational mm. character, so that's well worth the read. If you check out The Guardian, it'll just Google that. Daniel yeah. Taylor, Dylan Tom Beaters, you'll, you'll find it. It's well worth the read. Amazing. Well, he's still on my shit list about Daniel Taylor, about the uh, Ravel, <laughs> Ravel article last oh, January. Yeah, that's clearly... <laughs> Well, maybe this will build some bridges for you. Yeah, right? okay. me, and da- me and Daniel. I do follow him now. He's good. He's a good journalist. Um, next, we should talk about Alex Song, who today, hmm. uh, the rumour is that he's uh, uh, West Ham have balked to his wage demands, which are said to be uh, £100,000 a week. Yeah. And in response, the rumour is that he's deleted all West Ham pictures off his Instagram. <laughs> but then uh, Stu Great. Plant, who's uh, uh, on Iron Views, he has said that that is because he had the wrong hashtag for his own clothing label. He'd spelt it wrong. So there's some mystery there now. I mean, Alex Song, yeah. if he wasn't to sign, how would you feel? I'd be gutted about it. I really? wouldn't be surprised because I've never seen it as a, a long-term relationship. Mm. But I would be gutted, uh, I think, because for, for various reasons, I think he is the kind of player that we need if our ambitions are, are greater than they have mm. been in, in the last 50 years. Um, I, you know, I, I think he brings a lot, um, not just in terms of what he does on the field, but mm. I think he... It's a little bit like when Arsenal signed Ozil, and that was, an, although he hasn't particularly worked out very well for them, was an important signing for the club in the sense that I think if they hadn't signed him, I don't think Sanchez would have gone to yeah, Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a quite statement a signing. And yeah. so I think um, in that respect, Song would, as well as being a, 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 a terrific player when he's on form, open... Uh, the possibility for other players of his calibre to come to yeah. West Ham. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, he elevates us, doesn't he? Yeah, it's prestigious. Yeah, and I mean, he, ha- he is, has a level of fame attached to him that means he wins a lot of uh, man of the matches, and a lot of club sponsors want to meet him. Yeah. Having said that, he hasn't won a lot of man of the matches in a while. Mm. His form has really dipped, James. It has dipped. Apparently, apparently we, m- we were going to match his wages. I think mm. eighty thousand. He's on at Barcelona. He's on at Barcelona. Yeah. Um, but he's turned it down. I mean, I don't know where else he'd go if he wants more than that. Uh, It'd be a shame. Look, he's still a class player and I still love seeing him in a West Ham top and I love seeing him on the pitch and you always feel like it's only a moment away from doing a little bit of class. Mm. Um, And he hasn't been very good since Christmas, but he's still been better than some other options. Yeah, (laughs) well, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Alex Sog at 50%. It's better than a number. He's still class. And he's, you know, a world-class player in a West Ham shirt. Yeah, that's what you want to see, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, you know, I think sometimes you have got to roll the dice a bit with, um, with with wages, because I understand the the argument that it, when you go overboard for one or two players, which is Wenger's argument, really, mm. that it creates disharmony in the dressing room. And I get mm. uh, obviously that happens because everybody knows what everyone's earning, and you, and I get that. But I think sometimes you have got to do it. You know, mm. West Ham at this this stage of development under the current owners, and you know, about to go into the Olympic Stadium. Uh, and the way that the first half of the season has gone, given us 
the at least the the hope that we can become a European side, mm. then then you have to I think sometimes gamble a bit and get yeah. players like him, even if you're paying, even if he becomes significantly the highest paid player and it pisses off mm. Andy Carroll or you know it pisses off Stuart Downing. I think mm. you got to got you got to gamble a bit with that. Yeah. Very quickly, so I'm going to go back. What we what I feel we miss at the minute is a captain on the pitch. You know, without mm. Nolan. And I know he hasn't been playing very well, but you know those uh, those bad challenges that are going on. Nolan would have been in the refs' ear yeah. all the way through that. You know we miss James Collins, who's a mm. shouty mm. player. We yeah. miss Andy Carroll. You constantly yeah. see balling people out yeah. on there. Yeah. We miss those leaders. Yeah. And I know they might not be everyone's cup of tea, but one of those in the mix would really. It seemed so quiet, and we said it on Saturday. There didn't seem to be any kind of captain jeering them up. Yeah. And we miss that. Yeah, I think you're right. We had Saka, like Downing, even uh, Winston Reid. Typically quite quiet characters. Yeah. We lack that kind of... Yeah, It was a very much in the Matthew Upson mould. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Upson. <laughs> Another cult hero. Yeah. He'd be, he'd be, yeah. Yeah. It was a disappearing act like Christian Daly yeah. post-2007. <laughs> um, uh, well, well, we talked about Alex Song, and uh, one man who may or may not uh, stay next season, but one man who is going to stay, it seems, is Mark Noble. New contract. Uh, Nat, how happy are you with that? Very happy. Love Mark Noble. Um, yeah. He's had a strange career in some respects, you know, because he's in that nebulous of players in the Premier League that is a, a Premier League store hasn't quite gone on to full international, mm. but partly because he's English, you know. I think if he was Welsh or Scottish, you know, he'd probably have 50, 60 caps under his belt, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I would. <laughs> I, I have um, the, um, how many did Christian Daly get <laughs> you know, how many yeah, Scottish exactly. caps did he get in the end well, he didn't get the Dundee yeah. United Hall of Fame for nothing, nothing. <laughs> good point how big's that Hall of Fame like three people it's a cover with a broom in it <laughs> so our trophy him and Paul Starrick and that's it um, so yeah I mean I, I guess like uh, I'm assuming like you two and, mm. and, and pretty much every listener it's so important to have a player like Mark Noble at West Ham and uh, and I think he's a very underrated player as well in many respects. I know he does play mm. hot and cold. I think he's improved significantly as a player over the last couple of years. Uh, and I just think I think he's terrific, and I, I'm I'm delighted about that. Yeah, and I guess uh, James, with him being around, with him being around as well, it means that uh, maybe his the first, his testimony might be the, either the last game at the Bowling or the first at the Olympic mm. Stadium. Yeah, there's talk of that. Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? So actually, Roy Hodgson was there on Saturday. And I think mm. he's the curse. Whenever he comes, we seem to play terribly. <laughs> <laughs> we do, don't we? Newcastle yeah. last season, he was there. Yeah. I wonder what other matches he's been at that we've. Uh, <laughs> How do you both feel about about Noble's deal? Yeah, I'm guessing. Oh, I, I yeah. think yeah, it's yeah, a great thing. Yeah. 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 It's, it's that play. You kind of. I always I get a little bit frustrated with him when he slows it down a lot. Mm. Yeah. But I do. I think I love him. He's a good kind of. He's a good standard kind of midfielder but the issues with him is that he, did, he will never beat a couple of players and score a great goal he's not that kind of creative force he's not like the best kind of tackling midfielder um, and also like you, you mentioned a second ago he was on the pitch Saturday mm. and really we need leaders and I, um, I worry about him sometimes in that he may not be in that leadership mould yeah. like in the way he looks up to Kevin Nolan yeah. but also you think when you when you watch yesterday he, his work rate sorry, yes, Saturday, his work rate was rates was phenomenal yeah. like he was mm. properly working I don't think he had a great game mm. but he was working so hard yeah. and mm. sometimes it seems like he's the only one doing that yeah, yeah. and that is <laughs> yeah, that is so important that putting in that shift is 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 you know an old school fundamental that any mm. player that does that even if they 
are not the most skillful mm. on the park. Yeah. We, I think as West Ham fans, really appreciate that. I think mm. other clubs don't necessarily... I, mean, I remember back in the day, Marlon Harewood, who wasn't the most skillful, <laughs> uh, and at times didn't actually put in a shift, but when he did, and when he was chasing down every ball, yeah. and when, you know, even we overlooked the fact that his coordination wasn't... You know, he'd spurn loads of chances because of, because he of that. He had coordination. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> occasionally, <laughs> on a good day. He did occasionally, didn't he? He did. Yeah, Marlon, a, he's at Hartlepool, isn't he? He's still still going he's strong, he's scored, isn't he? I love seeing on socks when you're watching soccer. That's the yeah, thing exactly. when we're not on and you see Harewood comes up. It was makes he me really happy. young yeah. when he was with us or is he really old playing for Hartlepool? He's 62, I think. <laughs> 62 years old. <laughs> That'd be a great... A, a new statue at the Olympic Stadium. Marlon Harewood sky in a shot. Do you know who I always yeah. get? Neil Miller. Neil Miller. He now reports on yeah, Sky he does. Sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he I he forgot Neil Miller was with us. He was young, wasn't he, when he was with us? He can't be old. Maybe... I mean, he was... Rubbish. <laughs> he was. How long was he with us for? About yeah. a year. Yeah, was it? wasn't yeah. he the one that Rhoda picked up on the <laughs> Rhoda on the M4 of was. on the way up to Rotherham? <laughs> that yeah. was, wasn't it? it? Was. On the first day, when we lost yeah. to Rotherham, and, it, and apparently because we, we moaned about the, the dressing, how small the <laughs> no, uh, like, right, change room was. We didn't have enough players. We were picking them up at service days. Come on, and you're stuff in. like that on the way <laughs> up. You're on the bench. No matter how bad things are now, just just remember that once upon a time, Glenn Rhoda was words. picking players up at service stations, <laughs> playing an away game at Rotherham in the league, yeah. <laughs> and losing, and losing one nil. It's been worse. Yeah, let's just remember that. I remember watching that in a pub in Walthamstow. In a dodgy pub. That was a low. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we should move on and talk about Wednesday night. Chelsea at home now. Mm. Uh, big game. They're on form. We're not. What are you thinking? They're going to be knackered after Sunday, aren't they? That's yeah. what you've got to hope. Um, yeah, I, like I said earlier, I think it's, it's one of those games that if we're up for, yeah. it'll be a cracking night. And it could be the game that is the catalyst to a good finish to the season. But yeah. Uh, I'm a, I'm not confident. That's <laughs> the way to put that. I'm not really. I've got I've got a bad feeling that they're going to be have a bit of swagger. I think, you know, as I said, Mourinho's tail seems in you know very much in the air, and yeah. I just it's one of those games that you look at. I think we're not. You know, we're going to lose that. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's probably accurate. James, what do you think? Sorry for the pessimism, but I just <laughs> I I, I want to get up for it. And and you're, it's a good point that this year we've been much more competitive in games against the big clubs than yeah. I can remember. You know, I can remember. Yeah. But I just have a... I've got a bad feeling about it. Chelsea Chelsea away was the only disappointment for me. In, mm. in, in Well, in fact, lots of disappointments. But in terms of where we, we were on quite a good run and we thought maybe we could do something here. And I know we had Arsenal straight after. In fact, it's happening again. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal straight after. But... And we kind of rested our best team, didn't we? Yeah. We obviously didn't have a squad to rest our best team. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Chelsea, well, I wish we'd gone for a bit more. And that's been my main disappointment with Sam this season. Mm. Um, but I think it'll, I think it'll be close, but I think we'll win 12-2. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> it'll be close. We won 12-2. I mean... We'll be 8-0 up. They'll get two and we'll panic. Yeah, as an optimist, <laughs> you... you... <laughs> Uh, and then we'll get another four. <laughs> Carton Cole scoring them all. All, all 12. All 12. Okay, yeah. uh, as an optimist, you just got hope for a draw. I think that's where I stand. I mean, a draw would be nice. Yeah. But just give a good account of ourselves, as we didn't at, at Stamford Bridge earlier this year. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Thank you very much, Nat. Oh, for joining pleasure. us. Enjoyed it. Absolutely pleasure. Really, I mean, we've been quite upbeat in this episode, haven't we? Yeah. Managed to keep. Uh, keep I don't feel bad. I've ended it on a down and out. No. Chelsea. We'll win three one. There we go. Give Neil us, Mella, Neil give us another tragic. Oh. Give us another tragic West Ham moment to immortalise in a statue outside the Olympic Stadium. Well, one of my favourite. Uh, 
I was thinking about this on the way over. One of my favourite, it's not really tragic, it should be tragic for most for most clubs and fans, but one of my favourite West Ham moments ever was New Year's Day losing 6-0 to Reading. Do you remember that? A yeah. Few, yeah. The Baby Bentley Brigade. Wasn't yeah. that that rant? Was that the Curbs? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And um, we were losing 6-0 and I went with my sister who is a, who is the reason why I'm a West Ham fan. As I said, I'm the youngest of four and she's the nearest in age to me and that was it. You know, she yeah. kind of collared me and... Um, fed me copies of Overland and Sea, and I didn't yeah. know what it was. And uh, and so we went to that game on New Year's Day, hungover, got hammered. And um, it was great because the Reading fans were singing, um, same old West Ham, total shambles. And the way they were saying total shambles <laughs> was just so Reading fan. So and the West Ham fans posh. were singing it back going, total shambles. <laughs> so it was tragic that we were just getting absolutely annihilated. But it was one of those classic, classic moments. So I would have a... a uh, uh, to, for all of those games that we've all been to when particularly away when we're getting smashed and we're doing the conga and we're just <laughs> taking the piss out of Reading fans just a, a, a monument to that <laughs> various different things going on it might be a monument to it uh, like the chicken run conga yeah, might be a nice monument, monument. Be what they could do is uh, have a statue of the coach you know, a door opening on a on a player's coach, and just Glen Roder reaching out <laughs> and pulling Neil Miller Neil Miller up into the coach. Great, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> that could be a winner. Or, or the, it was it that Rotherham game where they refused to reuse the away dressing room. Yeah, it was, it was too, too small. Good. So a statue of that away dressing room yes. with Glen Roder outside shaking his head. I always appears uh, who's been on the podcast always makes me laugh about the West Ham Museum. I know we've mentioned it before, but when there was a museum about five years ago, yeah. it used to have even after he'd gone. It, you have Glenn Rogers hologram of his head on this on this statue going, Welcome to the West Ham Museum. <laughs> like, just imagine that. Amazing. That is, we're ahead of the curve at West Ham. I was looking, I found this, someone bought it me ah! for Christmas. Uh, I don't know, so it must have been within the last, you know, 10, 7, 8, 9 years ago. It's the West Ham, um, like, shots miscellany, the West Ham miscellany. Mm. Is that right? How you yeah. pronounce it? Miscellany? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the and the forward is Nigel Riacocca <laughs> has written oh. the forward so it's this history of all the great West Ham moments and the Bad forward's bit. written by maybe Nigel oh. Riacocca maybe, maybe a statue of Nigel Riacocca writing that forward no <laughs> yeah or cupping yeah. his ear to the fans to yes. his own fans yeah. or when, when that was happening I remember it was interviewed on Sky Sports and he was getting his hair cut in a barber shop <laughs> <laughs> That barbershop with him sat uh, there. I think I've got it. A statue of Marco Bugas in his caravan. Nice. Like, with the with the curtains drawn. You can't see him. You just have to... It's, just in, know in the inscription, it will say he's in there. It's yeah. an art installation. Well, that story <laughs> the, there'll be a mailbox to... just saying Bo- M. Boogers. Yeah. So you know it's him. <laughs> well, that story uh, Ian Bishop told about pulling his, his pants, his, uh, getting his arse out against the United fans who were teasing him. Yeah. That'd be a nice touch. Oh, if you've got any ideas of statues, podcast.kb.com. <laughs> Nat, thank you very much for your contributions. You're on it. Twitter. Yeah, at Nat Coombs. Uh, yeah, you can catch me on Twitter. Lovely. And uh, Channel 4, NFL. Yeah, the that, season's finished now. I'm doing quite a lot with The Guardian, actually. Oh, um, uh, so a lot, of, a lot of film stuff, like short film stuff with them. So I'm off to interview Neville Southall tomorrow in Wales, which will, wow. be, which will be an experience. Big hands. I'm quite excited about it. It's like, going, it's like going to Buckingham Palace and meeting the Queen. It's exactly like that. <laughs> big hands. <laughs> big hands. Uh, Jay, thank you very much. <laughs> Pleasure. Long as one on Twitter. Yeah, troll me. <laughs> you can follow myself, Chris, <laughs> on uh, CJ Skull, Skull the C on Twitter. Get in touch. We've given you about 50 features on this show. Yep. Podcast at KUMB.com, or you can tweet Graham at KUMBDOTCOM on the Knees at Mother Brown forum and the Knees at Mother Brown Facebook group. 
And subscribe on iTunes. And subscribe on iTunes, of course. Don't forget to do that. Even if you listen on the website, subscribe on iTunes. It, it'd be lovely if you did. Yep. Uh, and Chelsea, Wednesday night. Fingers crossed. We'll speak to you after that. Come on, your irons. Come on, your irons. Come on, your irons.